Yeah. Come let me teach you a lesson. Come let me teach you a lesson. Level line with the tweets. Follow me back to my nest. Level line with the podcast. Teach you lesson cause I got class. Level line with the impact. You be lying, that's a real fact. Come let me teach you a lesson. Come let me teach you a lesson. Level line with the tweets. Follow me back to my nest. Welcome to the Level Lion Podcast, the biggest marketing and entrepreneurship podcast on the African continent. Guys, I am so excited about this new segment that we're shooting. That's all about powerful women living in their truth. And today's guest makes me really excited because I have seen her grow from strength to strength. And she's just incredible. If you go on her Instagram, her YouTube, her Twitter, any platform she touches turns to gold. So let's not even continue with these long intros. Let's get into this conversation because today's conversation is going to be fire. Toby Rose, Hi. how are you? I am good. Um, surprisingly, you know, during these times, yeah. but I'm good. Thank you so much for inviting me to your amazing podcast. I mean, thank you for coming. I have been wanting you on this podcast for a very long time. And something that we do on this podcast is we ask guests to introduce themselves because you know yourself better than we know you. So tell us, who is Toby Rose? So I am Toby Rose, um, you know, born Tobegam Tembu. I have been in the media space for about over 10 years, actually. I think yes. we've known each other through all those little, yeah. you know, sections of my life. And Joburg is small. And Joburg is <laughs> like, small. We've known each other through Joburg circles. Definitely. Yeah. Um, but I've always loved media. I've always loved social media. I worked at YFM um, really early on in my life at around 22 years old. Mm. Um, and after that, then I decided to go behind the scenes, um, get off air. And I started working for V Entertainment at the time, um, being a content producer for them and a senior content producer. I was there for three years. I think after that, I realized that there is such a gap in terms of people creating their own content, owning mm. their content. Mm. And I really wanted to push that narrative. I'd started, you know, getting some good money and I said, cool, I can start traveling now. So that is when I sort of, you know, wanted and, and wanted to solidify myself as a travel creator. And I'm a travel and lifestyle content creator today. I work with amazing brands and I create very informative um, content, you know, to my audience on all my different platforms. So that's who I am. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. You know, Toby, I remember bumping into you at a business event. I think it was a standard bank event yeah. or something like that. And you were working for YFM at the time. And I thought, okay, Toby's probably going to go into radio from here because you were doing an entertainment report type show. Yes. Uh, you interviewed people like Antonio Banderas, Bonang. I mean, you've interviewed a lot of big names. I have. Why would you go from that to a career on social media? Because a lot of people would say, but, you know, radio has more credibility. Radio has more money. Why choose this path? For me, it wasn't necessarily about, cool, leaving radio to go and do my own thing, but it was more about solidifying my path, mm. right? And so when you're at a radio station, you know, you're doing things for the station, Right. So you're not just Toby, you know, it's it's Toby Rose from YFM. It's mm. she has a slot. And so you're given the slot. And for me that was never enough. 
I guess growing up, the small things were never enough for me, right? And the small things always make the big picture. And so I knew that I needed to get there. I knew that I needed to shine in that small space that I was given mm. every day, Monday to Friday. But I knew that it was not the end goal for me. You know, I had huge dreams of saying, cool, I would love to have my own show, um, especially like a little travel show. You know, I haven't seen that. Mm. But if no one is creating that for us, we need to create it ourselves. And so that's the thing. I, I took it into my hands and I said, I know a lot of people have done my work, I've put in the work, um, and now it's time for me to grow Utobega, Toby Rose, the brand. Um, it takes a lot of time, but I knew that um, leaving at that time was right. Yeah. Um, and having to leave that job to then say, I need to understand the back end of content. You know, all these things for me are things that connect. And yeah. so it was never a thing of leaving it for social media. It was leaving it for the same industry, which is the media industry, right? Mm. Um, and so for me, everything was really kind of um, made sense in yeah. my head. Um, leaving YFM and leaving it to do something in the behind the scenes at Vuzu was also important for me because I knew that I need to learn how to script. I need to learn how do you turn this interview into something that someone watches in their home. How is that? What are the processes that go into that? All of that has helped grow my brand right now. And so it was really easy for me to say, cool, I've done that. I know the people. Listen, I had a lot of fun. I partied. I interviewed, as you said, everybody that I could interview. And it's the same with Vuzu, you know, yeah. having to go to all the biggest events, um, all the parties, you know, going to see all the celebs. That was amazing. But for me, I was still pushing an agenda that was not my own. Mm. And I needed to push my agenda. And so that's exactly why I decided to leave mainstream media um, and, and get onto social media where people were actually consuming so much. Um, and I needed a piece of the pie. And so that's exactly what happened. You know what? It's so crazy because us having this conversation is like two marketers talking about what they know and they know <laughs> how valuable social media is. And we know the potential that's there. We know the money, the money opportunities yeah. that are there. I mean, we love that space. We make our living off of that space. But for most people, they think that social media is just a plaything. Right. You know, like, okay, you, you have a career on Instagram. Is it even a career? Like, why is social media such an important thing? Why can it be a business tool? or Why is it a business tool? Because we are creating communities there, right? So mm. it's easy for me to say, cool, I've got 1,000 followers. Who are they? Cool, 10% are males, 90% are females, right? Mm. What do they like? You know, it's easy for us to know who are the people who are following us. Mm. And it's easy for us to use that data to then say to ourselves, how do I give back to that community? You know, for me, that's why it's important. I've, I've always said, I've never been one to like literally go um, where everyone is going. I've always been against the grain. I've always been doing my own thing. Mm. But I realized early on going into it and saying, I need to make this an actual, you know, make a concise decision and say, I'm doing this for a long-term thing. That's the only thing it took. Because mm. anyone can go on social media. Anyone can start and have followers. Anyone can <laughs> post a photo on a beach. But no one is you, right? And yeah. no one, not everyone can make a living out of it. Yeah. And so I had to find, how do I make the living 
out of social media. It was quite easy for me. As you can say, we're sitting here. We know our thing. We've yeah. worked in these industries um, for a while. But for me, it was just literally saying, how do I explore that life? How do I make a living out of it? And how mm. do I also give back? Value for me was really important. And I really wanted to be valuable in the content I was putting out. Um, in the beginning, it was hard. You know, we all go through these stages. In the beginning, it was like, cool, let me share. I went to Bali. Let me share this photo, you mm. know. Um, but I realized that that's not enough, right? Nine, 900 likes, that's not enough. I don't care. It's not about that. Mm. So I had to shift my, my mind um, early on yeah. so that I knew that it was actually something that was going to be long-term. Um, and only now are the fruit bearing, you know. And, and I think it was because of that concise decision I took um, mm. about three years ago to actually say, listen, it's not just about that photo on the beach looking cute. What value do I bring? Mm. And how am I going to make the something of a community-based thing? Because what we're doing, actually, is just creating platforms. Yeah. These things are all platforms. Absolutely. A magazine is a platform. Radio is a platform. Yes. You know, television is a platform. Podcasts are platforms. Mm. And so for me, it's important to create those platforms, but also not just to create them, but it's to own them. Yes. That's the biggest thing. Ownership. I mean, Ownership. you speak about, you touched on so many beautiful words there, community, value, intention, being intentional about what you're producing online. And this idea of community, you know, I'm very passionate about the idea of community yeah. and the concept of it, because I think any one or body or organization that is successful owns a community. They yeah. lead a community and inspire a community, right? So we're all mini businesses because we're all inspiring and leading our own communities, exactly. right? And I think you do that so well. And we're going to talk more about that just now. But I want to be a little bit controversial right now. <laughs> I have two questions for you. Awesome. Firstly, is there a difference between an influencer and a, and a content creator? And then what do you think of the influencer landscape in South Africa right now? People are complaining. They're saying it's just slay queens, quote-unquote, sure. beautiful girls walking around in nice clothes, showing nice life, and that's all it takes. Uh, what do you think of our industry? Firstly, let me answer the first question, because yeah. I speak out a lot about this. <laughs> there is a definite difference. Mm -hmm. I have been an influencer, definitely, and I've been a content creator, producer, all of that. I've done that. The difference for me is quite simple, but also can be kind of like overlapping. Mm -hmm. um, for me, being a content creator means that you are coming up with concept, the meat, mm -hmm. right? So that's the meat inside the buns, the buns on top inside <laughs> there's meat, right? Yeah. So you're coming up with that. You're going out to clients. So whether it's a certain brand, you're giving them a concept, a proposal with how this campaign is going to look. How is it going to roll out? What is the budget? You have thought it out and you know exactly what you're going to present to that specific client. Influencing for me is when a brand comes to you and says, this is the brief, stick to the brief. <laughs> um, we want two photos of you <laughs> posing, holding up this yep. here by your hand or <laughs> <Yeah>. whatever. <laughs> and you are basically living out their brief. Mm. So for me, it's influencing. And nothing is wrong with influencing. It's actually much easier than being a content creator, honestly yes, speaking. It is. Way less work. You're basically a uh, face. 
Yeah. All right. And nothing is wrong with that. I think a lot of people um, find something wrong with saying I'm an influencer. There's nothing wrong with that. Amen. But not every influencer is a content creator. Yes. And I think that's the thing that annoys me a lot mm. is that people will come on and say I'm a content creator. But I'm like, what concept have you created? Yes. For example, um, I a brand reached out to me and said, hi, Toby, we want to work with you for four months. Um, you have total creative control. You are not just being paid as an influencer, but mm. you are coming up with a concept. How would you like to see this come to life? Yes. That means Toby needs to write, <laughs> conceptualize, all right? Um, think of the budget. Tell brand that this is what I would like to do and why I want to do it. Mm. I then will have to outsource and get someone to come and do the video, do the imagery with my brief. Yeah. Not with brand's brief, my <laughs> brief, right? Um, and brand will pay me for that. Mm. Um, and I think a lot of people just like the words. Um, they play around and they're like, I'm a content creator. And it's just like... Nothing's wrong with being an influencer, guys. There's mm. nothing, absolutely nothing. Yeah. I've been an influencer and I love it. You know what? If I could get more influencer work, I wouldn't, I wouldn't cry, you know, because all it means is that all I'm doing is doing what the brief is saying. Um, there's not much thought process. Yes, I have to write a caption. I have to think of that. I have to go out. But do out. you really? But do you really? Uh, because like because brands are also sending us captions. Yeah, which is terrible. Which is terrible. I, I can't deal with that, you know. I've just recently become an influencer <laughs> <laughs> in the past couple of months, you know, uh, on Instagram. Yeah. And I find it so weird when brands send you a caption and you're saying, but you're telling me how to speak to my community. Yep. How does that even make any sense, you know? I even gave a talk at Diageo two weeks ago and we were speaking about hashtags. Yeah. And I said, but in real life, I wouldn't say drinking this drink, hashtag serves exactly. up, you know? Exactly. So why do we even use hashtags and campaigns as if they have meaning, you know? Yep. For me, a hashtag should be something that you're taking from a community, not giving to a community. Yep. So if in our community we say swirl, then, then let's take say it. swirl. Say swirl. Exactly. Don't tell us how to, you know, speak yeah. to our community. It's so weird to it's me. It's very undermining also, yeah. um, you know, to us as influencers or content creators that mm. we cannot think of how to speak to our communities as if we have not done it before. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yes, I would love to, but I really love being a content creator because it gives me a lot of creative control yeah. over the work I'm putting out and the work I'm doing. Mm. Um, and the nice thing is that they don't even give you hashtags. They're like, cool, yeah. just put brand, put the brand somewhere there. You know, Toby C, which is you know yeah. but for me honestly it, 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 the the landscape in south africa for me is quite uh, black you know um, <laughs> black. Black. um especially i mean when i look at the uk when i look at america um you see how it's grown mm. also they are valued right in south africa our value hasn't been seen uh, or heard because or understood understood yeah they don't understand it mm. um so for one it's value how much we are paid um how we are paid right yes. waiting for this 90 days or 60 days to get paid as wait if you we wait don't... for 90 days no some people yeah yeah you're gonna i promise you some people are waiting 90 days to right get now. paid as yeah. an influencer yeah it but is why tough. it's not like you're doing influencing for the government listen it's because <laughs> so a lot of these big companies are literally like yo we haven't gotten paid yet and then the pr is in the middle and it just doesn't make sense for me because if you actually valued us you'd see us that it's work for us and we too have to pay ourselves yeah you know every month yeah um there's still a lot of growth and i remember someone saying to me tobe oh, it's time to you to get a, a manager and i said i i i really would not ever get a south african manager Really? Yeah. Okay. And, and, and I would love to get a manager, but my big thing is getting an international manager um, who would understand the landscape and who would fight for me to get paid my worth. Um, and I think that's where I would be leaning towards because 
I don't even think PR managers understand this sometimes. Mm-hmm. I see it in the way, as you say, they send a brief and they're expecting certain things, you know, and then I will see like some of my faves in the UK and I see how they interpret some, some of these campaigns, yeah. you know, they have way more control over it. Um, and, you know, small things like brands sending you back your content and saying, oh, Tobes, by the way, uh, your one whatever what else was wrong. Or, I can't stand I, that. I can't <laughs> listen. I'm at it's a point where I'm just like, hey, bo. Yeah. Hey, bo. Guys, it's can we strange. just respect us, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, them expecting the world of content, not understanding that I need to outsource a photographer who's going to charge me 2.5 an hour yeah. per <laughs> outfit, okay? And then a videographer is going to charge me about 4.5. Yes. Cool. So where is that 7,000 coming out from? If I cannot charge more than that per post, right? So it's understanding all of that. And so for me, we're not at that place. Mm. We have a lot of learning to do and a lot of unlearning to do. When you say we, who's we? Creatives. Creatives. Who are Uh, creatives? The people at the top actually have a lot of learning and unlearning to do. brand managers. Brand managers. PR PR managers. Yeah. Marketing managers. Marketing managers. <laughs> they have a lot of work to do. They have a lot of understanding and, and, and unlearning to do because yeah. they think they get it. Yeah. They think they're doing us justice, mm-hmm. but I don't think they are. Well, there are lots of PR marketing brand managers who listen to this podcast. If you could give them advice, what would you say? Understand your market <laughs> um, and understand the creators you're working with. Mm. Understand the influencers, the content creators. Learn to distinguish between who is what mm. and what do they bring to the table, mm. right? And understand also allow us to give you a sense of who our audience is. Yes. I think there's a lot of work to be done in, in, in terms of maybe having onboard, on, onboarding sessions. Yeah. Um, a lot of brands don't do that. So then you are blinded. You are just given a brief. Mm. Um, let us understand one another and let's co-create. Yes. Like, can we co-create yeah. this campaign? It's a know? collaborative effort. It is. It is. You, they can't just send you something because by doing that, they're assuming that all influencers are the same and their communities are the same. And yeah. you speak to them the same way and the results are the same. Exactly. But and also the thing of like post on this day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dictating your schedule instead of letting you tell them how to plug into your schedule. Exactly. You know, it's, it's quite interesting because when I started this whole influencer journey, I, I didn't believe it. I couldn't <laughs> believe that I was experiencing the things I was experiencing because yeah. I'm a marketer too. And I also have an agency. So I work with influencers as well, but I've never worked with them the way I'm being worked with. Yeah. So it was a very interesting experience. But, you know, I think what you've done really well with your career is you've also given yourself security outside of working with brands, right? Because you are a travelpreneur. Tell us about that. How did that happen? Why did you even choose travel? Because that industry has a lot of issues. Yo, it has a lot of issues, but it also has a lot of opportunities. Um, And I think that's exactly why I went into it. Mm. Um, As I said, I've been traveling all my life, literally, guys. I've been traveling since I was probably four or five years old. My parents met while traveling. Okay. (laughs) Um, Met in a different province in Malanga. Um, And every year, my dad, bless his heart, has always been like, (laughs) we're going on holiday every year. And it's been a family thing. And so when I started earning, um, you know, really well for my age at the time, (laughs) I was like, yo, I've got disposable income and I want to start traveling. And I remember the first trip um, we took myself and my sister, we went to Germany to go and visit my sister-in-law and we're like, oh, okay, cool. Let's do this. You know, 
we're paying for our own flights. That was exciting, you mm. know. As a 23-year-old, it's exciting to know you can pay for a flight to Germany. You can pay for a flight to Bali, you know. And we started doing that. But what we realized is that we came home and we were like, there's a huge gap between South Africa and the African continent. Mm-hmm. And so that's what made me want to explore the African continent, made me want to get people to explore the continent. And that's where our business came out. So being able to curate these amazing trips um, and experiences for people who are ready to travel, who have that disposable income, and who actually want to see it as a bit of a lifestyle. Um, and that's where the gap came in. Mm. And that's exactly why we did that, you know, to really get people to travel their continent before we go and see that Bali, before we go and see Europe. Mm. Um, um, why not start in our beautiful continent? Um, yes. It's been tough right now. We are on hold because we've seen that people are still not 100% um, comfortable with actually exploring and getting out of the country. And so it has been a huge shift between getting people to travel domestically and getting people to really start relearning our country, you know, a little bit more. What is so beautiful about the African continent? Yo. Everything that's beautiful about South Africa, you know, I think the culture, the food, the people, the um, food, the food. I don't know about that. I love the food. I don't know about that. Girl. Like, I think the only other place outside of South Africa yeah. where I like the food was Ghana. Jollof. I haven't been to Ghana okay. yet, and I'm actually planning to go this year. Okay, cool, yeah. <laughs> Which is exciting, but I've enjoyed the food. For me, it's, it's that connectedness to home. Mm. Um, being able to go to another country and see yourself. Yes. There's nothing like that, guys. I'm sorry. I've, I've been to Europe. It's mm. great. But having to be in a space where you don't see yourself represented, mm. you know, you're just like, yay. Yeah. Yay. You know? Same with going to Bali. All these people are fascinated about our hair and they're touching our hair. Like, for me, cool. That's nice. But I love that feeling of home. Mm. And I think that's what the African continent has. Mm. It has home. You know, um, it has small things like the languages that we speak mm. and realizing they are so connected. Yeah. It is actually crazy, you know, um, going to another country and being able to see yourself, feel yourself, connect with other people in different cultures. For me, that's important. And mm. it's been something that really connected me to the continent. You know, I think what you're doing is really incredible because before I followed you for your travel content, I didn't realize how difficult it was or challenging it was to travel while black yeah. and while being a black woman. But after following you, I've also followed other women, yes. black women who traveled the world. And it was just so interesting to see what is it like traveling as a black woman without a white person by your side, you know, because my, all my international travels, I would travel with a white friend yeah. or, you know, yeah. so the experience was so different totally. and just seeing you and your page and you doing it on your own or you with other black people mm. is a completely different perspective. What gave you the courage to do that? Firstly, it's knowing that I need to change the face of travel. Mm -hmm. That's always been a huge thing for me. Um, I just got a little bit tired of sitting in a plane, opening the, the, the magazine and not seeing myself represented there, mm. firstly. Secondly, the notion that black people do not travel or they mm. do not have that money to do it. For me, it was rethinking that, debunking that, you mm. know, for other people and, and making people comfortable. You know, as you say, seeing Toby do it makes you feel a bit more comfortable. Seeing someone else do it makes you feel like it can be done. Um, and so for me, it's very important to change the face of travel, mm. to not go onto a page on Instagram and just see white faces. There. I'm sorry. You know, yeah. it is not enough. It's not enough. Especially in Africa, guys. Mm. Like, hello. 
<laughs> you know, and I still fight that fight. You know, yeah. I go to pages and I'm like, why am I not seeing a person of color here mm. when they have traveled? Firstly, you can invite the white influencers, you can invite the white bloggers, you can invite the, you know, to come in and review your, your place. But where are we, you know, and we have value. Yes. We, we know who value. our people are. We you know, know our people. We know our people. And yeah. so for me, it's doing that. And I've, I've, I've always done that and I'm still doing that to this day, you know, being able to travel and say, we're here. And you know what? We are going to go to the places you guys don't want us there. Okay, cool. The same thing I did in, in um, the Western Cape, you mm. know. We went to the Western Cape, and on purpose I went there because a lot of people have that thing of it's not comfortable for mm. black, for black um, people to be there. Certain spaces are not meant for us. I wanted to say, why can't we go to the spaces that are not meant for us? Mm. You know? Yeah. We're allowed. Let's also go there and drink that champagne. Mm. You know what I mean? <laughs> and for me, it's so important, guys, as a black female, yes. to feel like we can do it, mm. you know, and it is absolutely okay for us to do it. This is an assumption I'm making, but I'm assuming that there would be then some kind of racial discrimination within the business of the industry, right? And a lot of people, especially also in my industry, there they is that. Uh, people will say, but don't raise it, you know, because you won't get clients. <laughs> Just keep quiet, you know, it's fine. Find the good ones. How do you navigate through that? Do you keep quiet about it? Do you talk about it? Well, how do you do it? I talk about it. Really? <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> Sometimes um, it's, it's not a positive thing, of course. I've mm -hmm. learned to think about what I talk about <laughs> before I talk about it. Mm. But I do talk about it and I'm not afraid to raise it. In my media kit, I do say these are the things I'm doing. I am changing the face of travel. That is what I want to do. Yeah. I want to be able to challenge these places, to challenge the guys at the top mm. and show them our value. Mm. And I'm not afraid to do that. You know, I'm not that person that's like, oh, you know, um, I'm, I'm black, but I'm a little white. <laughs> no, I'm fully black. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not scared <laughs> to speak out about our issues mm. and how we fit in to the pie. Mm. You know, how do we fit in? especially in the travel industry, it is a lot. <laughs> the people at the top are white. A lot of them also are not South African, right? Mm. So a lot of them are Europeans. Um, and so you have to just open yourself up to saying that. You know, a lot of the time when I'm sending proposals, I will even say, my market, my black market, you know, I have that market. You do not. Mm. Being able to show them, them their wrongs, you know, and say, do you see your page? Yeah. How are we represented there? Yeah. You know, it's okay to challenge and it's okay to right a wrong. And I think I do give them the benefit of the doubt sometimes. Mm. And I'm like, listen, so I can do this for you. You know, use it to, to fight back, but also to then make some money at the end of that. Yeah, be, be smart about <laughs> be it. Smart be strategic about it. About yeah, it. so I'm very strategic. Mm. And um, I do tell them when I feel like it's wrong and I, I try to change it up. I love that. I think it's, it takes a lot of courage to do that. And I'm saying that as a woman who's also doing yep. that. I don't think people realize how much you are actually doing yep. just by being yourself and occupying a space. I have two questions for you, but they're so different. So let me just <laughs> hone into the social media one before we go into the entrepreneurship conversation. But I know a lot of the time on your stories, you'll, you'll kind of kuza people when, they, you, when they're misbehaving. <laughs> <laughs> And I've seen with a lot of my other friends who, who are influencers that they have issues and challenges with managing their communities online. Um, how do you do that? How do you do that successfully as an influencer or a content creator without alienating your audience or just putting them off completely? 
Yo, it's tough. Yeah. <laughs> I think earlier on I did it worse and I, and I, I didn't really do it well. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you live and you learn and you grow. Um, now, because I understand them, I give out what I get. I've ah, realized that. Okay. Um, I've never had a random DM. I've never had a negative comment. Like, I don't understand some people who say like, oh my gosh, I get hate mail. And I've Are never gotten serious? that. Ever, oh ever, 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 ever. I, I think I probably got that you. long ago. But I've never gotten that because I, I put out what I want back. Okay. So even certain things like them questioning me or asking questions that I'm not comfortable with, mm. I'm not afraid to DM that person back and say, this is off limits. We mm. do not do that here. <laughs> you know, I'm very clear with this is a community based on these values. This is what we talk about. You get out of the line, I will block you. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's not what we're doing here. So I give out what I get. Yeah. I've never had hate mail. I've never had someone say, Toby, what, what? Wow. I've never... In the community I've built. Wow. It's, yeah. That's I don't amazing. know how, but <laughs> I'm, I'm, Teach I'm, us your ways. I'm blessed. <laughs> I don't know. You really are. I am, but I do get a bit annoyed sometimes, you know, yeah. and I think it's fine to, like a mother kuzas their child, yeah. to do the same. And get, because I'm the leader, and get. <laughs> so you're the leader, you have this platform, and you can use that platform negatively or positively. And mm. I'm okay with saying to them, yo, guys, I know y'all haven't, you know, you're not okay. Please go and engage with this post. You know, it's how you ask. It's the intention behind it. A lot of people can read your intention behind how you kuza or mm. how you speak to your community. In the beginning, I think I did it from a place of no one's seeing my posts. Hey. To now, I'm like, it's actually not about that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm not actually afraid of the numbers. The numbers don't mean much to me yeah. because there's a lot more meat in it. I yeah. have a very engaged audience, you know. And so for me, the numbers versus that engagement are things I had to rethink in my own head. Um, but yeah, it's just, it takes practice. I promise you, Lebu. Like, you don't just, you know, know, sus, how do I talk to them? How do I kuza? Yeah. How do I ask them to just swipe the damn up? <laughs> like, <laughs> swipe the up. Like, oh, swipe why do I swipe up? <laughs> you know, um, but I'm also like, Make it fun, you know, yeah. and I don't take it too seriously. Sometimes mm. I will probably be like, Hi, guys, go back, swipe, hi, is it taking anything away? You know, yeah. small things like that. And educating your audience is so important. Mm. Um, I've learned to educate them about what a paid post is, what um, a gifted thing is, what involves me getting money, what doesn't, you know, to a point that my audience yesterday, a lot of them were like, Hey, Tobes, um, do you get money from me swiping up from here? I will swipe oh, up. You know, so, so they want to support. support yeah. But we need to tell them how. Mm -hmm. We need to educate them and keep educating them because people forget. You get new people who come into your community who don't understand social media, firstly, who think you're probably just a model who talks out uh. of your or who think whatever. So be able to educate your audience. Be able to engage with them because the more you do that, the better. I love what you said there about likes and having to change your mindset about what it truly means to be online. And I think that's a really important conversation that you're raising. How did you get to a point where you didn't value yourself according to people's likes and their comments? When did you get to a place, I'm assuming you're at this place, <laughs> where you're comfortable with yourself and your content creation is about you more than it is about others? Yo, it is tough. Honestly speaking, mm. I, I have a lot of imposter syndrome, a lot of like thinking, oh my God, I'm not doing enough. Mm. You know, am I even, you know, worthy of this brand? How am I working with them? You know, so I had to shift my mind. Mm. Uh, firstly, it happened because 
as, as I said, I have a lot of engagement. And so even if one person DMs me and says, Tobes, you're doing amazing, um, for me, that's value. And for me, that's enough. I had to rethink and not think of, you know, the likes, but think of the impact I'm making on people. You mm. know, what impact am I making even to one person? That was important for me, but also to recenter myself and to always know what am I doing and why. You know, the importance of your why, for me, is what helps. You mm. know, waking up every morning and knowing that I'm not just doing this for the likes. I'm not just doing this for the following. I'm doing this because I was called to do this. You know, there's a huge calling within me. Um, and I know why I'm doing what I'm doing, as I said. You know, changing the face of travel. Being able to create um, my own platforms, you know, which I've been holding off for very long, you know. Mm. And I think it, it comes from that place of saying, am I worthy? Can I do this? Uh, what value do I bring? But honestly speaking, if one person can answer and talk to you and say, you've done this and it's helped me in this way, um, it's enough, you know. That one person is enough. Yourself is enough, mm. you know. You seeing your work and knowing that value and the work you put into it is enough and not seeking validation of likes, not seeking um, people who are sharing your things. Oh, they didn't share. They didn't mm. do this. Um, and also just seeing it as a business and knowing that the clients you work with see your value. Mm. And, and that's enough for me. You know, it is a long journey, trust. Um, but I'm at a point now where those numbers don't mean anything f to me, you yeah. know. Um, and they, there's no value in just looking at, oh, my word, it's been an hour. Hey, do I have a thousand likes? For me, that's not enough. Um, mm. For me, it's just the purpose, being purpose-driven, purpose-led, yeah. um, and knowing what are you doing and why. You know, coming back home to why mm. is the best thing that helped me um, really recenter myself and see the value that I bring out to others and and to myself and to my true calling. That's a that's a beautiful answer. And, you know, every time I listen to mindset podcasts and wellness podcasts, people say, get to your why, I'm purpose-driven. But what does that actually mean for you, Toby, as a travel entrepreneur and a content creator? What does it mean? What does it look like? It looks like changing perceptions, but also seeing your growth. So one thing I do a lot, um, which I think people should do, is mm. look back. Mm. Look back. You know, and see the now for what it is. Mm -hmm. You know, I do it a lot. I look back and I'm like, wow, you've grown. You know, I've grown as a human, as a person, not just as a social media person, you know, but as an individual, I've grown. Mm -hmm. um, and seeing that I've shifted, you know, from just wanting recognition, from just wanting people to see, oh, she's pretty, she's this, da-da, taking and taking, but, but seeing the value of myself, you mm. know. Um, it looks like true peace and it and, and looks like work. You know, I wake up every morning and I love the job I do. You know, mm. I get to work with brands that I love aligning with, that tell stories um, and that really connect with myself and my audience. Mm. Um, being able to post something and someone DMing me and saying, hi, Tobes, please tell me um, how has your journey been with this brand? How is this? Hi, Tobes, where can I buy this? Conversations. Mm. Um, and, and that for me is more than enough. You know, I look at social media not just as, um, you know, the beautiful images and, and um the feeds. I saw someone on Twitter saying, oh, please share your favorite feed, you know, and that scared me because I was like, guys, so my just pillar is feed. Yeah. Like, like it's not, about, it's the not about the feed, right? And then, so those are the things that like you go back and you look at your feed and you're like, it's not perfect, mm. but what is supposed to be perfect? And, and for me, it's just value, bring a value, bring value. a value. 
Forget about having that perfectly curated feed, guys. Yes. You know, yes, it's cute, it's pretty. We all get into that. But create from a place of value mm. and a place of giving. We're here to serve. Are we serving, right? Yeah. I always think about that. Who am I serving? How am I serving? Serve your community. Have your why. And everything's okay, you know. Don't, don't beat yourself up, you yeah. know. And I look back and I'm like, I don't have a perfect feed. But I've worked with this brand. Well, I've gotten that's debatable because yeah. I think your feed is perfect. No. I think it is beautiful. <laughs> it looks like a magazine, but in the most authentic way. From my yeah. perspective, I really and we want to keep it. it like that, right? Yeah, it's, it's you a want it to be page. You have a beautiful page. Yeah. it has value other than just the aesthetic, yeah. you know, appeal. But yeah. it really is a beautiful page. Thank you, lady. And I think that's something to celebrate. <laughs> you know, it's like getting a face beat. I will take many photos. <laughs> you when I to. get a face beat because I'm like, no, I put work into this. Yeah. You know, money. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing wrong with aesthetics also being part of the value proposition. And they should be, you right? Know? We want quality. Um, yeah. You know, don't just do bare minimum. Yeah. You know, give the quality. Do your best. Yes. See it and be proud of it. You know, mm-hmm. I'm sure you can listen back to a lot of your podcasts and be like, I did that. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it's okay. Pat yourself. Yes. Be happy. Be proud. Celebrate yourself before anyone else does. Yeah. That's another thing I love doing now. You know, being able to say, ha, I did that. I'm going to have some champagne. Yes. <laughs> Before anyone else tells me. Exactly. I love that. You know, um, you speak so well about your career and you seem to have it, you know, all together. You seem to know what you're trying to do. And I think it's important for us to talk about pivoting. Yeah. So from going from influencer to doing the business of yes. influence, from creator to doing the business of creator. How does one do that? If someone's listening now, they're like, I want to be like Toby Rose. How do you pivot? Biggest thing first is to focus on one thing at a time, I believe in, and and making that amazing and growing that. So firstly, it's becoming an influencer or a content creator. Mm -hmm. I really do not think, and if you're going to wake up tomorrow and be like, I want to be an influencer, don't do it, because clearly you are not one. Mm. Firstly, number one, right? I have a lot of people who are like, hey, Toby, it's being an influencer, lucrative uh, business. Is it, you know, for me already, if you're saying that and, and thinking that, then you're not supposed to be one. I did not just land here. <laughs> no one lands where they come, you know, mm. where they become and sit and, 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 and feel as if they're owning the space. It all came from a place of purpose, as I said. It all came from a person of, um, I've worked in the space, guys. It, it, for me, it was a quick little smooth transition, right? From being in front of camera, being in front of the radio to being behind the scenes and now owning myself. It's as easy as that. You need to do it because you know why you were starting in the beginning. You need to do it because you always have been sharing anyway. We all share, right? So I could say we're all influencers, right? But do you want to make money or do you not? Mm. (laughs) And so now you have to know, if I want to make money, there are things I need to do. I need to bring value. Um, I need to share consistently. Um, I need to have good quality. Those are the small things that will lead you um, amongst others who are doing the exact same thing. Um, And I need to be authentic and I need to grow a community. But for me, shifting from that to entrepreneurship um, was hard but easy in a way. Um, I've always grown up in a home uh, of of entrepreneurs, people who have spoken life in me. Mm. Um, I've always known I was kind of a leader, always, all my life. Kind of. Ah, kind of, because, you (laughs) know. Why kind of? (laughs) Kind of because I think... I have to come into my own and own it. I think only now am I starting to say, I'm owning this. This is who I am. I'm a leader. And that's okay. You know, uh, it's okay to be uh, a front runner. Not everyone needs to be at the back. And so I've started to, <laughs> to own it. Um, and I've started to say, 
it is what it is, right? Mm. But the thing that will differentiate you from just being an influencer and actually make a business out of it and going into entrepreneurship are putting in systems, mm. systems in place. <laughs> like this is the first thing I always thought about. It's systems. Preach to the choir. Yes. Please. So put those systems in place, you mm. know, create that, um, have a schedule, around what am I focusing on on a Monday? Is Monday admin day? Is Tuesday a day of posting? Is Wednesday a day of creating the content? Thursday, budgets. You need to have systems in place, guys. And you can't just wake up one morning and say, business, and it's going to bloom. You know, there's a lot of money that also goes into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of time and research um, that a lot of people don't like doing the back end of the businessing. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are things that take time. You know, before myself and my sister opened our uh, business, the lived experience, we had been thinking about it for two years, meaning we had been doing our research. Mm-hmm. We had been finding out what people like. We had been asking the right questions. Um, and those are the things you need to actually actively do yeah. before you start the business. Um, and, and, as you said, preaching to the choir, systems in place. Take yourself seriously so others can take you seriously. Very important. Mm. Um, it's not just about your following. A lot of people think, okay, I've reached 40,000 followers. I can sell this bandana. No, no one told you you can. No. Who told you? And I see this a lot. Yes. I see it a lot from people who blew up, got their following, and then think starting a business is going to just happen like this. It does not happen. Yes, you have a community, but now how do I change that community into people who are going to spend money? Yes. So because there's a difference between influence and sales. Yes, totally. Right? Totally. It's not an automatic switch. It's not an automatic progression. Exactly. And a lot of the time, the campaigns are not only about sales. Mm. There are different campaigns. Some campaigns, it's to get more followers. Some campaigns, it's to start a conversation. Mm. Some campaigns, is link onto this to buy a product. Mm. They are not all about sales. And who told you that you can sell these bandanas because you have 40,000 followers, you know? Mm. Um, So shifting that and putting in the right systems, taking yourself seriously, um, and saving so that you can start this business, you know, um, is quite important. Yeah. I think you've raised such a beautiful point, the idea of systems. And that's how we know that you really are the boss babe that you are, you know? (laughs) I hate that phrase, but I use it so much because it's just etched into my brain I'm taking it <laughs> the boss babe. boss babe but honestly i think you you do so well and i've been watching your page and just watching how you do things and it's completely intentional you know and the only way you can see intention is through systems yes. because then things become consistent then things you know have a certain way about them yep. and you can see somebody who is consistent because they have systems and somebody who's just trying their luck exactly you know and you're not trying your luck um But, you know, I know there are a lot of people who think, but so many people online just get famous and they blow up just by posting. Yeah. You know, like, oh, I can just post anything. I can be in Santa post and then I'm famous. So what kind of influence is that? What would you call that? Because a lot of people really believe that that's what I need to do to be able to work with brands. That's what I need to do. That is the value. The value is me looking like Mikhlali or me being like somebody else. How do you get someone like that to understand that that's not how the game works? Yo, that is luck, all right? So a lot of people also don't talk about luck in this game, right? A lot of people don't talk about knowing the right people. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't, right? So for me, Toby, who just had a little uh, 30 minutes on YFM, cool. She got a few followers. That was nice. Cool. But that was not enough, right, mm-hmm. to become who I am now. Mm-hmm. It takes time guys when I took the decision to create my page and I remember I deleted so much it was the day uh we went we had come back from Bali Mm. this was three and a half years ago 
That's when I started being a business of doing social media. Ne? Three and a half years ago, I decided I'm doing this full time. That's what I'm doing. Left my job. A lot of things happened. Television, red tape. Cool. And so that decision versus now, I can tell you that only last year was I able to have a consistent flow of income coming in every month. And this year, I've literally, I can I pay myself every month. Mm. Cool. I'm a business, right? There's other things I do. It's not just the photo. <laughs> it's not just that photo. It's the caption. Uh, it's the time you post. It's who are you posting to? What are you getting out with that caption? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people don't understand that. Yep. And then it's a lot of things, right? So if I want my page to be curated, I need to spend money on clothing. I need to spend money on getting my face done. I need to spend money on a camera. Um, these are all the little things people don't talk about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, production. Production. Yeah. yeah. They don't talk about those costs. Mm. Um, you will spend a lot of money before you make it. And that's just the absolute truth. And I'm telling this to people who always ask me how to become an influencer. You're going to spend money. You will be broke. You will accept 2,000 rand for a campaign. Mm -hmm. Okay? You'll accept it. You will accept low par things because you're still trying to grow. You will do a lot of trade exchanges. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right? You will stay at home. You will stay at home. With your parents. Yes. You you know, like, and some people want to. I mean, I know that you do, but it's not because you can't. No, You know, it's just because it's a choice that (laughs) you've made. It's a choice I've made. Uh, But for some people, they want to have the full package. Oh, yeah. I also sold my car, by the way. I sold my car. Right? These are things we don't talk about. Mm. The struggles, the beginning, the grafting, the sacrifices you have Mm. to make. Right? I had this beautiful, cushy job, um, getting paid, you know, double figures, really good, senior, you know, had a good car. Mm. And then I had to say, damn, I need to sell this car. Yeah. Right? Um, I need to not buy clothes from this place anymore. I need to not travel as much anymore. And if I do, it has to make me money. Mm. <laughs> so those are the things people don't talk about. The costs to start yourself up. Mm. And a lot of people along the way fall off. Of course. Because it's hard. Yeah. It is absolutely hard. And I'm being honest and people will always think, oh, no, you're lying. You wake up in the morning, you take a photo, it's going to be nice. It's not. <laughs> it's hard to become a person who gets those long-term contracts, guys. Mm. You know? It will be hard. And it's tough when you are the first one. It's tough when you're the first one to do that, especially in the travel industry. There's not a lot of us, guys, um, who are at the top tier. Yes. Definitely not. Um, and so a lot of us are grafting, doing the work for everyone else. So and that when others come in, they can get the opportunities. How did you break this to your parents? Were you're they just like, <laughs> sure, don't like, quit your job, come live. Like, how did that happen? It was so weird. Yeah. They had never understood what I did anyway. So I've always, as I said, I worked in radio. They were like, ah, you get paid to be on radio, yeah. Uh, oh, I get paid to interview people. And, you know, so I've always been this child who did things left, then right. Yeah. And that's just what it is. I mean, I started working while studying, guys. Wow. Stratcom, okay. you know. I saw a poster and they said we're only taking third years. I was in second year and I went and I got the job. Mm-hmm. I interned. So I've been always that person that was like, hey, left. <laughs> and so they've always never understood. But when I eventually, as in not getting paid every month, it was tough. Mm. It was so tough. Every month I'm getting a cousin telling me there's an opening here. I'm getting someone telling me there's a job for you here. And I kept saying, no, 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 holding on, right? Um, but I look back and I realize, yo, I've come far. Mm. And I remember a cousin of mine saying, Tobes, I remember sending you this job 
thing and you saying no. And I remember thinking, is she okay? (laughs) (laughs) You know? And she's now the one going, you have done so well for yourself. You know? You have created this life for yourself. Mm. You know? Um, And yeah, it's hard work, guys. It's not an easy thing. It's not a wake up tomorrow and you're famous. Yes, there's a lot of strokes of luck that come into play. Um, I got a few of them this year. It's luck. Mm. It's it's absolutely luck. I, I know a lot of people, but I've never asked people for help. Mm. Um, and I'll never ask someone for like, hey, your own post, so I can get, you know, it's always strokes of luck, you know. Um, earlier this year, Mpumile Duaba posted me, you know, as, a, as someone in the industry who loves my content. Mm. She posted me instantly, 2,000 followers, 3,000 followers. That's more people seeing my stuff. So that's a stroke of luck. Yeah. You know, and those are things that are not, I'm not intentionally looking for it. You know, being invited to come and talk about me and my boyfriend um, <laughs> on defining. That's a stroke of luck. Oh, after that, I got so many people coming to my page on, on YouTube. Those are strokes of luck that we do not plan. Mm. And if they do happen, God is good. God is good. <laughs> I, I agree with you. Yeah. you know, I've been living my life exactly the mm. way that you have. Except my parents were like, you will live on your own and figure it out for yourself. <laughs> so find a way, babes. I think they only allowed it because they're like, you're still buying all the groceries and stuff. Oh, oh wow. So you still did that. I still did it. <laughs> yeah, savage. <laughs> savage. But you got to love them because it pushes you, right? Yeah. It pushes you to get things together. Exactly. You spoke about your boyfriend, you know? You've just recently, recently, uh, in recent commas, um met someone who you say is the love of your life and your stories and you guys look like you're having a great time. What is it like sharing your personal life online? Do people overstep the mark? How much should a person share? How do you, how does one navigate that? It's so daunting. Yeah. Honestly speaking, because before him, I was having lots of situationships <laughs> <laughs> who I would just post twice. Yeah. And everyone's like, hey, Toby. <laughs> um, I've always never been a person who was scared to post mm. a relationship, but I did take a huge break after a horrible uh, relationship, you know? And I started not posting, you know, people. Um, but for me, it was quite easy. Uh, it took me about five months, only five months into a relationship that I start posting him. Wow. Um, yeah, a lot of people were like, what? And I'm like, no, yeah. I mean, we're going into two years now. Yeah. And for me, it was more about him understanding what I do mm. and him understanding my life and lifestyle, being able to fit into my lifestyle mm. <laughs> and being okay with that. I think we've also had discussions around what do we share, what don't we share. Yes. Um, we've had discussions about consent and if he's, okay with me posting something um and those are things that have to happen very early on so that you have an intention behind everything you post and you know why you're posting it Mm. you're not just doing it um for the followers for this for that um and that's really important for me also people love love like relationship oh my gosh it's a thing and i've stopped because i'm like yes in my (laughs) opinion not about my relationship but men you know i will share if i want to if i'm traveling sadly i'm traveling with someone guys Mm. and if it's my man i'm gonna have to show it um but create boundaries um, yes. That's the biggest thing. It's very daunting. You get a lot of people in your DMs asking random ass questions um, and thinking like that what? they're your friend. Oh my gosh. People ask like sexual things, like wow. your sexual life. But you're strangers though. Like yeah. you don't really so know each other. That's what I'm saying. I create boundaries. And I've realized now, as I said, what I put out, I get in. So I don't put out stuff I used to. Ah. Uh. 
I've created a lot more boundaries. <laughs> good. Good boundaries give you peace. They do <laughs> because I don't get those questions now. Exactly. You know, so even when I am doing a, a video or vlog and he's there, mm-hmm. I don't do morning stuff so us in bed. There's none of that now. There's not like yes in straight and cut no but I need to was act. Yeah. Y'all can't even act. Y'all can't even ask the right questions, so I'm not going to give you guys privy to certain things anymore. That's how it works. Good. Yeah. I think that's a good strategy. Right? Toby, it's been so beautiful having a conversation with you today. And before we end off this podcast, I want to ask you maybe two other questions and then we can just let people follow your page and see more about you, you know? Because awesome. we could talk for hours and hours and hours. Um, my first question is, where is Toby going to be in the next five years? What should we look forward to from Toby Rose? Probably owning my own media house. Um, definitely not even probably, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to be on a billboard, so that will happen. You want to be on a billboard? Yes. Why? I what don't know. Do? What, There's what just, it it, the billboard is me on a front cover of a magazine. Love it. Okay. Uh, definitely that. Magazine could be mine, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to own my own, as I said, platforms. Uh, media house, definitely doing that. Would love to get into the magazine space. Would love to get into television. Um, and those are things I've always been a part of, but I think creating them for myself is going to be so much more better and, and bigger. Um, our company will be, you know, back traveling, getting people to travel the continent, um, and getting people to experience it a bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where you'll see me. I'll probably have a baby and you be married. Have a baby yeah, in five years. In five years okay. Yeah. I'm 31 this year, Lebu. Um, I'm still solidifying though. Mm-hmm. Definitely not having kids now, but I definitely want them. Um, so I'm speaking that into fruition and into my life. Um, and I'll still be with my amazing partner, mm-hmm. building our life um, in a home. Love that. Yeah. Speaking it into the universe. I have to. Yes. If I don't, who will? <laughs> if you don't, who will? That's actually... Ain't nobody going to... Like, yeah. if you don't, who will? Yes. Right? And if not me, who? <laughs> you remind me of that guy from Date My Family. Was it Date My Family? Was it? Come <laughs> dine with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he said that, and people were like, "What the hell is this guy?" Hi guys, about? if not me, who? Yeah. If not you, who? I and always say that. Now, when? when? Thank you. Okay, and to close off this podcast, what message do you want to leave the listeners with? Always be yourself. Uh, people can see through fakeness, <laughs> so don't ever try to be anyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, be convicted in your path. Mm-hmm. You know, live your truth, um, and always know your why. Mm. Yeah. Because things will happen in your life. You'll never understand at the moment. Um, but always celebrate the moment and the now. Thank you, Toby. I love that. Thank you, Lebu. I wish you all the best. And I can't wait to see this media house. Please book me for some gigs. I will. <laughs> I'm ready for it. Ready to see all this black girl magic. Thank you for coming on the podcast. And guys, please follow Toby Rose on Instagram, Toby Rose, Twitter, Toby Rose, uh, YouTube, Toby Rose, and my website is coming out very, very soon. So look out for that. There you go. <laughs> oh my God, that was so weird. I'm but, sorry. But there you go. Thank you so Those much. are the moments we need, Lebu. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thank you guys so oh. much for listening. <laughs> I'm so sorry, guys. But what is happening? But thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Toby. And we'll we'll see you in a year's time, hopefully to have another conversation to see where you are. Definitely. Thank you guys so much. You listen, cause I got care. Live alive with the impact. You be live, that's a real fact. Come let me teach you with us. Yeah. Come let me teach you with us. Live alive with the tweets. Follow me back to my nest.